you know, we're continuing on this line of, um, of seeing transformation, transformation. We've been talking about it for a few weeks. We talked about the two aspects of our salvation. One was the judicial aspect, which dealt with the precious blood of Christ and allowing us to um, enter into God's presence, right? Through the precious blood. Without the blood, we have no way to be one with God because it causes separation from God. And then we saw the second aspect of our salvation, which is the organic aspect, which is the life aspect. He became the life-giving spirit to give us life um, for a reason. So I would like for us in our group time today to maybe take a specific direction. Um, I have some questions for you, and I would love if y'all could discuss this in your group to kind of give us some um, kind of a, a direction. Um, so consider this. What is your purpose? Okay, write it down if you need to. What is your purpose? What are you living for? And what is your end goal? What is your purpose? What are you living for? And what is your end goal? <clears throat> this is what I'd really like for us to open up to each other about in our time. Thanks, Matt. Um, what is your end goal? This is good for us to discuss, you know, um, and maybe, maybe as we're fellowshipping this matter today, maybe you have a different view. Maybe your view is changing. That's okay. It's good to say, well, I feel this way. And, and if your end goal is, you know, something that you're very passionate about, amen, praise the Lord. This is not meant to condemn you or to make you feel uh, you're not good enough or whatever. No, this is just to show you from the Bible what God expects and what God's view is and how we can align ourselves with the Lord. Um, <clears throat> so let me, let me ask you. Some of you may be, well, my, maybe my feeling, my goal is to just have a good life, a good life, um, you know, which is not bad. I mean, there's nothing wrong with wanting a good life, right? Um, maybe to be uh, self-sufficient, take care of my family, you know, good goal. Have a big family, good goal. Some of you may be a little more spiritual. Uh, well, I want to grow. I want to grow in life. Right, we've been talking about transformation. So my goal is I want to grow. I want to be a useful vessel to God. Right, not bad. Maybe some of you want to be uh, evangelists. You, you, your desire is to go around the world and preach the gospel and bring as many people to Christ. Very good. Uh, maybe it's a bit to be a philanthropist. Right, give away money for the building up. Not bad. Really good. I think all those are great. Okay. I think it's good if you want to be a gospel preacher. If it's good you want to be an evangelist and all of those things. But what is God's goal? Why did he create us? What, did he, what does he want from us? In relation to this matter of purpose, I read this article recently. It's called The Dangerous Approach of Living Without Purpose. It's a secular article. Uh, and it's by a gentleman by the name of Thomas Oppen. Opong, I think. And he had some quotes in that that I thought were very, very good. This is a secular article talking about how we should, you know, be a certain way, live a certain way. But but it's very much related to our, our fellowship this morning. And there's some quotes that I really enjoyed. And I forgive me if I don't pronounce these um, authors accurately. But one author, Robert Bryan, said, the purpose of life 
is a life of purpose. The purpose of life is a life of purpose. And another one that said, I think his name is Fyodor Dotesky, sounds uh, Polish or something. He said, the mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive, but in finding something to live for. Finding something to live for. This, these are secular authors. These are not Christian authors. Um, nothing gives a person inner wholesome and peace like a distinct understanding of where they are going. Of where they are going. And finally, in, in the 1940s, Victor Franklin was held prisoner in Nazi concentration camps. With all of the agony and brutality, what kept Franklin from giving up his relentless fight for his life was purpose. He found meaning in his struggle, and that's what gave him the power to push forward through unimaginable pain. A quote by Victor nicely sums up his philosophy on how people are able to survive in camps without losing the will to live. In his book, Man's Search for Meaning, Victor says, those who have a why, those who have a why to live for, can bear with almost any how. Those who live have a why, quote, why to live for, can bear with almost any how. I hope that makes sense to us. You know, you can, if you have a why to live for, it doesn't matter what comes across your path. You, you know how to deal with the hows, how to live through it. And some of us that have been through really hard circumstances, um, I think we, we, uh, we have this view. We have this view. As you get older, you, you're going to go through some difficult situations. If you don't have a why, you're not going to know the how. You're not going to know the how. You need the why to know the how. So today we want to talk about the why. We want to talk about the why. So, uh, so I mentioned a bunch of things that we could live for. Being a super Christian. I want to be a super Christian. I want to be the best Christian there could be. I want to be Paul. Those are great. But the view is what is it for? Why are we living? What what does God want? Does, he got, does God want? Why did he give us his life? You know, we've talked about transformation, right? We talked about um, he gave us his life. He became the life-giving spirit. He's giving us his life, and his life is growing in us. But to what end? Is it just so that um, Nathan Smith would become a super Christian? Is it so that Nathan would just be this amazing believer? Or does that, does that life have a purpose? You know, if you read the book of John, it's very clear. There's two aspects of it. It's life and building. The Lord gave you his life for a purpose, and that purpose is God's building. So transformation has an end goal. There's a reason why God is transforming you in your, in your being, because he wants something for you. He wants something for you from you for his purpose, which is altogether wrapped up in our purpose and his purpose and our satisfaction and his satisfaction. Okay, so you guys get out your Bibles, be ready. I'm going to call on you all to read some verses. Help me out. Um, <clears throat> Stephanie, are you ready? Could you, could you read John 142? Uh, yes, let me just pull it up. Okay. And now, Nathan Smith, how about you get ready with Matthew 16, 16 through 18? Uh, did you say 140 or? 142, 
John 1, 42. Okay. Uh, uh, he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called a uh, Cephas. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, I think, does it say which is interpreted Peter? It may not. Yes. Okay. So he called him Cephas or Peter, right? And the in the the meaning of that word is stone. He called him, "You are Simon, right? You are Matt, but I'm going to call you Stone. You are Jackson. I'm going to call you Stone." Why did he change his name? He he was showing him something here. the The work of trans transformation is to turn you into a piece of stone for God's building. This is, this is what transformation is about. The spirit is a life-giving spirit for what? To transform you in your being, to make you a precious stone. But not a stone as in a collection of stones, but a stone that's fitted into God's building for God's building. Okay? So remember that. He was, his name was Simon. He said, but you shall be, you shall be called a stone. Right? Kennedy shall be called a stone, right? Her name is Kennedy, but her name will be called a stone. They will know you as a stone. They will not know you just as Kennedy. They will know you as, oh, look, that one is for God's building. That is someone who is building God's house. Okay, Nathan, go for it. All right, Matthew 16, verses 16 to 18, right? Yeah. Okay. And Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in the heavens. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Okay, let's look at this really carefully. Simon Peter answered and said, you know, because the Lord asked him a little bit of background, everybody left, right? He said, uh, or not, not everybody didn't leave. They were talking. He was asking, who do people say that I am, right? And his response was, Simon, uh, Peter, one of the few times in his life got it right. You are the Christ. So he revealed the highest revelation in the Bible. You are the Christ, right? I think we've all seen this, right? We've seen Christ. You are the Christ. Very good. You have salvation. You have the life-giving spirit. Okay. He said, blessed are you who? Who did he say? Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you. What name did he use? Simon Barjona. Simon. Right? Simon Barjona. Because flesh and blood is not revealed to you. He, re he said, Simon, you saw this. Very good. Andrew Hall, you saw this. Very good. But then in 18, he said, I also say to you that you are what? Peter. Simon, you saw this, but I say to you that you are Peter. You are a stone. Because now that you've seen Christ, you need to see his purpose. Right? You saw that Christ is the greatest revelation in the Bible. But you have to see what Christ is after. So, Simon, you saw half the picture. You saw that Christ, it is Christ. But let me show you the other half of the picture. 
The other half of the picture is the church. And only, Simon, the only way you can see that is if you're Peter, if you're a stone. That's why he, sa he said, Simon Barjona, you saw Christ, but Peter, let me show you the church. Peter, you have to be a Peter to see the church. You have to be a stone for God's building. Uh, I appreciate that so much. You know, a lot of Christians believe that when he said that upon this rock, I will build my church. And a lot of people believe that that's Peter, right? Actually, no, he was saying, you are Peter. You are a stone. I'm the rock. The revelation of Christ. You just told me that I am the son of God. Very good. That's the rock. The revelation of Jesus Christ is the rock. He is the foundation. Audrey, are you ready to read some verses? All right. First Corinthians 3, 9 through 12. All right. While okay. she's looking that up, let me, let me just say that um, the, the rock is Christ as our foundation. Okay, we have to see this. The building, God's building, has a foundation, and that foundation is Christ. Christ is the foundation. Okay, nothing else. We don't we don't care for anything else other than Christ as our foundation. And what is built on that foundation is the church. Listen, this is the greatest revelation in the Bible. These are the two pillars on which the entire pillar, uh, entire Bible, stands. Right. The revelation of Christ and the revelation of the church. Many of us have seen Christ. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Very good, Jackson Q. You saw that. Oh, but let me show you something more. Right? The Lord responds. You see Christ. You get salvation. You see him and the life can spread. Very good. But the Lord in turn will say, I need to show you the other half of the picture. I need to show you what my heart is, where my heart is. My heart only cares for one thing, Nathan. It only cares for one thing. That is the church. This is why I died. I died for the church. So transformation is not to produce you as an individual super Christian, but sorry, it's to make you a stone, just a stone. Not a stone that stands out and sparkles like a diamond, right? Although there's some sparkle in each one of us in a unique way, but that stone is meant to be Right, together with the other stones. Uh, Carlos and, is it Eli Elias? Is that Elias over there? And John? Could y'all squeeze in a little together? Could y'all squeeze in? Okay, look at that. Look at those three stones. Telling to be joined shoulder to shoulder. All right, there you go. Okay, look, look at that. Isn't that wonderful? Those are three stones. They're just joined together. It's so great to see those three stones. They're not sparkly stones on their cells you know they're not individual stones but they're once you put them together oh so beautiful it looks so good when these three stones are joined together right uh wonderful okay so we need we need to see that christ is the foundation right we need to be clear upon this rock what is the rock the rock is not peter rock the the peter was just a stone and you shall be called Peter. You shall be called stone. Um, but Christ is the foundation. All right, Audrey, go for it. Okay. First, or yeah, First Corinthians 3, 9. For we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's cultivated land, God's building. According to the grace of God given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid a foundation, and another builds upon it. But let each man take heed how he builds upon it. For another foundation... 
For another foundation, no one is able to lay besides the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. For if anyone builds upon the foundation of gold, silver, precious stones, wood, grass, stubble. Do I go to third? Uh, That's okay. Well, the the point here I was trying to make is just that 3.11 says, for another foundation, no one is able to lay beside that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Very clear. The foundation of the building, which is the church, is Christ. And now we're not talking about a physical building down the street where you go and we say we're going to church. That's not even a correct statement, right? Because we are the church. We're not going to church, but we are the church. Uh, but it's clear the foundation is Christ. The foundation is Christ. Okay, but what do we build on this foundation? You have to ask yourself this question. What are you building on this foundation? Are you building with gold, silver, and precious stones? Or are you building with wood, grass, and stubble? Listen, if you bring your natural man into the church or into the building of the church, it won't last. It doesn't, there's no weight to it. It cannot, you cannot build a house with wood, grass, and stubble. You need gold, silver, and precious stones. How is that happening? That's happening through transformation. Listen, your transformation is not for yourself. Your transformation is for God's building. Oh, God has a purpose. He, he absolutely desires each one of us individually, and he has a relationship with us, each one of us individually. But that relationship he has for us, is not for ourselves. It's for the building up. It's for me to you. It is to you for me, right? The Lord has given you, has allowed you to enjoy him right today. Hopefully you've touched the Lord on your own today. Well, that touching of the Lord was not meant just for you. It's for you to share with me and to share with others, right? So that we can enjoy that part of the building that we need for the building, right? Our, our individual Christian life and our growth in our Christian life is not meant just for ourselves so that we can be this or that, but it's meant for God's building. Listen, the highest life, the best life you can live, the highest purpose in your life you can give is to build the house of God. That's it. That's it. If you, if you, if you see that, nothing else will will be able to deter you. You build on the foundation of Christ. What you build is with gold, silver, and precious stones. The only way you can get gold, silver, and precious stones is by uh, being transformed into a precious stone, right? You're clay, right? You were born clay. You're made of clay, but God is transforming into a stone. But again, I'll say this again. It's not for just this or that, but it's for his building because he has a heart's desire. He's been waiting 6,000 years since he first created Adam. He's been waiting. When will I have my building? When will I have my building? Right? This is what God wants. This is why he died. He died on the cross, yes, to cleanse you from your sins, but so that he can put this life in you. But why would he put this life in you just for you to be this or that? No. He put this life in you so that you would be a part of his building, which is the church. The church, the pure expression of who Christ is. And the only way the church can be built is with his element, Christ, the life-giving spirit. Only that element can build the church. Okay? So when we are in our spirit, we're enjoying the Lord. We're here together. We're singing. We're praising. We're worshiping. Right? What is happening? We are building with gold, silver, and precious stones. 
That's what we're building with, right? So the more of this we do, the more we occupy ourselves with this kind of situation, the more building, the more God gets his purpose, the more he's ready to come back because he sees an expression that is full of gold, silver, and precious stones. Uh, this is what he's after. All right, better get, keep going. Okay, so uh, Peter saw um, this. Kennedy, do you have your Bible? Okay, could you read 1 Peter 2, 5? Emily, do you have your Bible? Yes. Okay, could you look in, uh, could you read Genesis 2, 22 after Kennedy is done? Sorry, is it first, two first, five or three five? First Peter two five. Two five. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Yes, two five. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, I just want to say, this is Peter, right? Peter wrote First Peter. How did he get this view? He got this view because the Lord told him, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. So he's telling us we are the living stones. How is a stone living? You're a living stone. A stone is not living, right, as far as we know. But you are a living stone. Why? Because you're building a spiritual house. Right? We have to be clear. What are we building? We're building a spiritual house. Um, we're building a spiritual house by being living stones. Okay, go for it, Emily. Genesis 2.22. And Jehovah God built the rib, which he had taken from the man, into a woman, and brought her to the man. This word, the, the Hebrew word for made, some of your translation may have the word made there. It says Jehovah God made the rib. But the, the Hebrew word there is actually built. And I believe if you were to look at the Septuagint, maybe it might be the same word as Matthew 16, 18. I'm not sure. You might have to look it up. But this is very interesting. He built the woman. It doesn't say he created the woman, but he built the woman. Now, we all know from 1 Corinthians that Adam was a type of Christ. Okay. Well, if Adam was a type of Christ, then it makes sense that Eve would then be a type of the church. Because Adam and Eve are a, a couple. So Christ and the church are a couple. So just like Eve came out of Adam's side and was built, not created, but built, very, very interesting. The same way when Christ says, I will build my church. I will build my church. He is doing the building. The church came out of Christ, right? Through blood and through water. Uh, through his blood, he paid the price. And through his life, he's building the church. Anyway, he is building the church. This is what we're doing. All right. Um, Ephesians 4.16. Uh, how about Jackson Hurd? Can you read that? Yes. You said Ephesians 4.16? Yeah. And then Carlos, uh, maybe, sorry, Elias, maybe you could get to Ephesians 2.20 and 21.22. Four... 16. <clears throat> Out from whom... All the body being joined together and being knit together through every joint of the rich supply and through the operation in the measure of each one part causes the growth of the body unto the building up of itself in love. Amen. Amen. Each one part. So we each have a part. 
Don't forget that each have a part. All right, uh, Elias, go ahead. Ephesians 2.20, being built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom all the building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in spirits. Amen. Sorry, guys, I know I went way over. I'm sorry, I'm just so burdened for this matter. Uh, so anyway, I think we'll stop. I'll stop here. Um, but please consider, if we still have time for groups, I really would be great to consider this question. What is your purpose? What are you living for? And what is your end goal?